You're listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 7, recorded the week of March 15th, 2021. Welcome to episode seven of season three of Customer Perspective. This is our Ipsos podcast series aimed at all of you who are concerned in some way with helping your organization deliver on its brand promise. So if you're responsible for customer experience, for channel performance, then this is the podcast for you. Now, I'm Helen Wilson. I'm our Global Chief Experience Officer for our Ipsos, CX and Channel Performance. And I'm here with Trevor, Trevor from our CX Canada team. And we're joined by Matthias Kraus. So Matthias leads our CX business in Germany. He joined Ipsos now must have been around about a year ago, although he may correct me there. And we were delighted that he did. He brings some absolutely incredible CX experience. He joined us from E.ON, where he was VP Customer Insights and Experience was at McKinsey at IBM. And and just in case in the world of, I feel I should say this this with a Canadian on the line, just in case in the words of Shania Twain that don't impress (laughs) you much, he is an endurance athlete. I didn't know that. And then I read, I stalked him a little bit and saw that he's into ultra marathons and long distance triathlons. And basically I felt a little bit inadequate. So we might not talk about that today. But anyway, Matthias, with that with that quite an incredible introduction um thank you for joining us today so hey uh, Helen thanks uh, thanks for inviting me um great to be part of the show today and uh looking forward to our discussion well frankly every time I have a conversation with you about CX you and I get a little bit excited about customer experience so I've got a feeling that our listeners might be in for a treat okay so you're the kind of man that I can ask big questions to so I'm going to start with a really big question what makes for a truly great CX measurement and management? We're not letting you off lightly to start off with, are we really? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. So I mean, for uh, for that one, when it comes really to great CX measurement and management, um, organizations typically that are successful on that end have a few layers in place, right? Um, one is making sure that you really know where you're going for. So having a North Star vision um, and even more important than the vision, having a long-term strategy um, on the roadmap to really achieve it. Um, I think that's especially true when it comes to customer experience. Um, And I think it's even more true for customer experience than for other management disciplines. Because very often um, CX is, uh, and pulling it back, to the endurance thing, it's uh, not so much a sprint, it's very often a marathon, right? So you're shooting for a long-term goal. Um, you might not see always the results uh, very fast. So from that perspective, you might only see marginal gains. And for that perspective, extremely important to have that vision in mind, to have that clarity in mind, and to have that roadmap uh, in mind, especially uh, if you are um, maybe an incumbent in an industry uh, where NPS, CX, custom experience KPIs um, are not as high as in other industries where people might get frustrated if you're not improving that much. So I think that's really important um, to have that vision, to have that clarity and have that roadmap. Um, from the second dimension, 
I would always go back to making sure that the relevant uh, insights and the relative understanding uh, is in place. And when I'm talking about understanding and customer insights, I'm not only talking about making sure that data collection is in place, that listening technology is in place, um, but making sure that everyone in the organization who needs to take a customer facing decision is aware of that, mm, understands what the job yeah. to be done is actually uh, for, for the customer on the other end. And it can be a frontline uh, person who is responsible for taking up a call and making sure uh, that a customer that complained before um, is going out of this call again more happy than he was before. Um, or it can be at any other point in the organization. If it's someone designing a new UX uh, for uh, for a digital app um, or uh, someone else who's responsible for a product. So uh, bringing that sort of customer feedback to those persons who are actually the ones who need to take the decision. That's, I think, the most important thing. Um, but it just doesn't happen by itself, right? And that brings me to the third dimension that I would see there, because that is not just being aware of that sort of insight, not just being aware of that sort of understanding, but being capable um, of executing on it, um, activating it, making sure that it's really being translated into action, because at the end of the day, uh, that's when the yeah when, when the rubber hits the road um, and uh, you need to go into the activation phase. All the great measurement and listening technology doesn't bring you anything uh, if you're not uh, having the activation capabilities at this point. So those three things like North Star Vision um, with a strategy, um, the skills and capabilities on the uh, listening and insights, uh, and the third one around the activation. That's, I think, the three primary dimensions. What needs to be added to make it really successful and to make sure that it's not just an action-by-action action roadmap, but that it's put together into a program uh, is definitely an environment uh, that allows change to happen and transformation being really built into the organization. Um, and very often it's either from a top management perspective to say, okay, there needs this sort of top management support uh, available, uh, or you can put it in the other dimension, which is then more linking back to value. So I would say you definitely need at least one of them. Either you need great top management support, or you need a very clear proof that the whole stuff is really paying off. And in an ideal world, you definitely have uh, have both of them available. If you have none of them, uh, I don't think that the CX program will, uh, will really work. Could you take us deeper into commitment from the top? What does that mean in practice? What does that look like? I mean, there are a whole books written about it, right? Um, sure. And uh, commitment from the top is something I would frame in very specific behaviors. Uh, and behaviors that don't take a huge amount of budgets and capacities, but something where top managements, for instance, really can showcase what's the role, what's the role model, what they would like to see uh, in their organization, what they would like to see with their employees. Um, it could be stuff like um, calling up customers uh, yourself when there has been an issue. Um, it can be uh, resolving issues, so putting actually roadblocks 
um, out of the way. Um, it's uh, being a client yourself, so being a customer of your company, uh, walking in your customer's shoes, really immersing uh, into that and making sure uh, to, to understand what's, what's actually happening there. Um, inviting some of your customers uh, every now and then for a breakfast session, inviting some additional team members of your team to that um, and having a conversation. I, that's definitely not the most representative thing uh, that you would do to understand your customers, but that's not the objective because the objective of is to really create empathy for the customers and especially top managers can do that with very small specific behaviors and showcase that sort of behavior. Um, another one um, that I think is particularly interesting is when you're looking into organization who are delivering on CX. Many of them would say that they provide a great customer experience, but looking into the data, you would realize that um, there is a large part of their customer base uh, who do not feel that great experience or not so satisfied. So that brings me to number two for top management support, which is being really self-aware and self-reflective in terms of where you stand. Because if you're not aware of where you stand regarding your CX maturity, um, you won't take the right steps to improve. You will take steps, there will be activity, all good, and always better to do something than to do nothing. But to really embark on that vision and really achieve your long-term goals, you better take the right steps. And that's uh, the best thing to be aware of where you sit actually with your customer experience as of today. And the third one uh, that I had in mind when thinking about top management support is that it's actually just top management who is really capable of integrating an organization. In many cases, you have organizations that are pretty siloed, they are separated by products, they are separated by divisions, but that's not how a customer feels. And that's not what a customer experiences when he's on his, let's say, sign-up journey uh, with this company. So one very important piece for top management support is to actually unite uh, those different departments, different divisions across your business from a customer perspective, from a customer view to understand what's really the job as an organization that needs to be done and how do we help this customer. And doing this in a very often siloed um, uh, organization, this is something that just can be done by top management with top management support. And you even cannot delegate that to, I think, a chief customer officer um, who's uh, one direct report among other direct reports because there you very often won't get that sort of integration that you need to be successful. So you spoke about having the right measurement in place. Can you tell us more about what you think about the measurement and the measurement systems in place? When it comes to measurement, there is not the measurement. Uh, measurement is always something that answers a specific question. And depending on the question, you need to make sure that you're actually really leveraging the right data that you're leveraging the right analytics and that you will really put the, the, the most important aspects together. Um, very often when it comes to management and measurement, 
you are on a strategic level when it is around top-down making sure that your customer relationship works with your client. It can be very touchpoint based, so touchpoint measurements after a specific interaction um, to make sure that um, something really works. And a layer that's actually connecting those two, the strategic one and the touchpoint one from a customer perspective, which is very often a customer journey based measurement. And when it comes to that sort of measurement, I would say it can be anything. It can be anything that helps you to understand where your status is, how much you're improving and where you want to get. So it can be survey based, it can be data based, uh, it can be conversions uh, on the website, uh, it can be quite a lot of stuff. Um, there has never been more customer feedback out there. The only thing uh, that's a challenge is very often to activate it in the end. And much of that which you've been talking about is obviously about you know, fundamentally how you drive change, how you put the data to work, how do you actually make a business impact as a result of all this. But let's hone in specifically on that topic if we could. How do you succeed? How do you genuinely drive change? At the end of the day, there is only change if employees and organization teams are willing to take on this change and are motivated to change. And I'm not sure if it's about, I think it's even more about progress uh, and involvement than, than just about change. Um, and we see various areas there. When it comes to activation, um, there is very often this sort of technology-driven activation where you have either lead by data, by respective systems, what we call uh, activate the inner loop or close the inner loop. You have a customer who has an issue where you have a data point that's showing you that something did not happen and you try to solve that very specific problem supported by the technology, by close the loop systems, by those technology platforms and custom experience platforms you have out there. Um, very often that works quite well. And I think we are on a, on a good path there. And I think there is both the technology and also the management around in place to really um, get that doing. And there are great examples out there why this sort of activation works, right? Um, uh, when it comes to retail, where you can really show that just an additional hour spent um, with customers calling back detractors or dissatisfied customers can yield hundreds or, or even thousands of euros. Um, that's very clear. But where we see very often more challenges is when it comes to the so-called what we call outer loop uh, activation. So you are getting customer feedback. It's not just that one specific customer that has an issue, but you realize from that sort of customer feedback that there needs to be done something in a broader range that you might to change a design, a process, um, or, or, or a touch point. And then things are getting trickier um, because you have different stakeholders uh, in the organizations with different understanding. Um, sometimes it's not really clear where the value uh, is, and you need to bring it together and really, really solve it. Um, being cross-functional, uh, linking it back to value uh, and being really fast about it. Um, that's that's something which is really important. I love the way that you're one of these guests, that we ask those kind of short, sharp, big questions and you just nail it. You just come back with me doing more nodding. Um, and I've got a funny feeling yet again that you're going to do just the same. So we've talked about, as you say, the kind of the cross-functional aspect, the link to value, the whole 
this speed and agility angle, as it were, they're big things to achieve. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to ask that question because I'm going to keep nailing you in terms of particularly given the fact that you've worked in different types of organisations and you've seen this happen, you've made this happen. How do you get that done? Um, it's about ensuring the environment, right? The environment where you have cross-functional teams working together to solve a customer problem. Um, and the big game changer um, is to say, no, that's not just that's not just the customer feedback, not just a piece of insight, that's not just a report, and let's do something about it. Um, but assume that this sort of stuff is happening all the time. So your organization needs to be set up in a way where you actually have those sort of swim lanes set up in an agile setup, where you have pulled those cross-functional teams together, uh, where you understand at the very beginning the data sources, you understand the problem from a customer perspective, you collaborate jointly together to come up with new prototypes. And prototype can be anything. It can be a new UX. Um, it can be a, a call center script. Uh, it can be a verbally written concept for an adjusted digital service, whatever. But you need it working together. You need the design together. You need it in a cross-functional team. It can be a design sprint. And then you would need to put it into action and make sure that the thing you are doing here is uh, paying into your overall roadmap that I was just uh, explaining at the very beginning. And if you get this whole governance structure in place, so as a mixture of roadmap on the one hand and those small cross-functional agile setups supporting this roadmap based on this insight. So I think you have uh, all of those critical elements uh, together that you need to be really great in customer experience. But it also goes back to your point you were making about that willingness to change, isn't it? That whole kind of cultural enablement yeah, I mean, that has the organisation yeah. behind you. And I'm not going. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you how to get the right culture. We, I might invite you back to do that one, but I'll leave that one for there. But I think there's there's something in that too, isn't there? Uh, I mean, there is there is definitely passion around it. Yeah. Uh, overall, um, we, we are talking quite a lot about numbers and about financial improvements and return uh, on investment and customer experience and maturity level and so forth. But um, when when it comes back to bringing it really into life, you never will be able to do it with a defined level of, call it customer obsession, call it passion. You know, there's people in the room trying to solve a problem for a customer um, and I don't think there is a way to prescribe that. You need to take the right people into your organization uh, and you need to give them the environment uh, to really to really thrive and that those things will, it, it will happen uh, and, and CX will improve. You're right, Helen. A lot of nodding here as we follow this conversation. A lot of nodding. Um, with that, have we missed anything? Is there anything else that we're missing? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the longer I'm talking and, and, and the more and more topics I'm covering, it comes back to, yeah, always making sure that you get stuff activated uh, and make sure that you don't do too much, but that you do those things that you focus on in a really great way. So when it comes definitely to the more strategic work and the strategic initiatives that you would take out to improve your customer experience to focus um, and not to do too much, 
just have maybe one or two or three big things that you're trying to do, maybe also not in one year, but over a period of two or three years to make sure um, experience is really improving. Because then you do two things. You know, this whole custom experience management and measurement piece. I mean, it's complicated enough, right? So there are so many people out there where would say, okay, okay, I, I, I understand what you mean, but it sounds a little bit complicated. You need to boil it down. You need to be really clear. You need to link it back to the operational KPIs. So if in doubt, maybe just do one thing and do that right, uh, as opposed to doing a, a whole whole uh, number of things you might not accomplish in the end. Let's flip it over. Where do you see organizations getting it wrong? Uh, wrong is a really hard word, right? So, because I think there is not right and wrong. Um, but what I see is many organizations that don't um, that don't get the full value out of the stuff they are doing. So it's not because anything is to some degree right and some degree wrong. But what I see is really not maximizing value. Um, and overall, I would say there is the tendency in the market um, to overemphasize uh, a little bit on the whole technology, listening, measurement, management. So you can do a lot. On the other hand, doing extremely much on the likes of activating stuff, creating new UX, creating new designs, shooting stuff out, creating new journeys, especially in those uh, very challenging times where things are changing, where the challenge really is and where you don't get the values if you don't link it in the right way, in those cross-functional setups where I say, okay, this is the inside, this is what needs to be done. How do we bring it together in a way that what we are doing really pays off for the customer? And this sort of linkage, um, this is, at least from my perspective, something that very few organizations really get right uh, at, the, at, at the very beginning. Um, and uh, in, a, in a positive way, I would say there is quite a lot of improvement potential. Yeah, and to that point, when you see our clients who do that and they do get it right and the power of that story in terms of linking it to the, to the financial return, so powerful, so very powerful. And when you link it to the financial return, uh, then it gets real um, because then you would yeah. see, um, and, and we have seen we have seen different programs. Just let me tell you an example from automotive, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Where you where you have those listening platforms in place, and after an inquiry with your dealer or after sales, um, yeah. you are getting asked for that sort of feedback. Um, where those programs really work, where this sort of feedback gets activated, where we have huddles, where people are working uh, on that sort of stuff, where we are really taking improvements. So just bringing in uh, the technology doesn't work, but actually building that into a more coherent management system, then it pays off uh, and then you uh, then you get that value out. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to end on the most important question of this particular podcast. So I know you're a customer perspective fan. I know you're a fan of this podcast. In fact, I did hear a tell whereby you were actually listening to it before I'd released it, which I thought was pretty impressive. But what are your current podcast favorites? What do you recommend? From a customer perspective, podcast definitely is something that I would uh, would, would uh, always dive into is um, my colleague, I think, Han Barwater-Smith uh, has been doing a recording 
uh, I think some weeks ago around service design that's bringing all those yeah. things together yeah. that I did, right? So I, I really like that one um, because it's just so much around this activation, yeah. designing it, bringing it back. Yeah. Um, there is so much to, so I, I really enjoy that. Um, and definitely from from those uh, customer perspective courses that we had in the past, um, I like uh, the one with, it was, I think, John Walker from Maersk. Uh, I worked with him also on the industry side. Um, so listening to him, how okay. he's bringing uh, B2B programs uh, into place, uh, that, that's really a, a great thing. And just it, it's just fun to listen to him. Yeah, yeah no, that was a great one. I really enjoyed that as a complete B2B queen i love b2b cx that's my thing i thoroughly enjoyed that one when i was asking you the question i love this when i was asking you the question i was actually referring to your podcast that were your favorites beyond customer oh, perspective so that's how much a fan this man is this is what i want to hear from all our listeners you asked them their favorite customer perspective but you can stick with customer perspective if that's really your favorite but if there's any more you'd like to recommend feel free so so when when it comes to really podcasts i have to say i'm doing quite a Quite a bit of things on the uh, uh, on the, on the more sports and endurance side. So if you're okay, other, we can stop there. Okay, okay, I'm Oh, seriously, thank you so much. That was just another brilliant session. I, I loved listening to you and I loved nodding along with you. Um, so much value, and I, I, I think we need to transcribe this one and then write it up as a paper. There's genuinely so much of, of interest in here. So thank you so much, Matthias, Trevor, and Alan, our, our man in the background. Thank you so much to both of you for making today happen. Very much appreciated. For our listeners out there, if you have a question for Matthias, do please get in contact with us at customerperspective at ipsos.com. Of course, head on over to ipsos.com if you'd like to find out more about customer experience or indeed channel performance at Ipsos. And of course, we have a whole host of thought leadership that you can tap into. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. New episodes will be made available each week. So be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest episodes delivered directly to you. We are also available on Spotify.